If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by visiting chriscarl.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find links to both Patreon and PayPal, where you can make donations. Any and all support is massively appreciated and a huge thank you to everyone that has supported thus far. start with with any of the uh the long hard questions that we just get a sense of who you are so for people that don't know you how long have you been in photography and what pushed you to try it out in the first place oh wow that's i hate questions like that because it makes me feel really old so this year is going to be 30 years believe it or not wow i know <laughs> i know it's not crazy um yeah 30 years this year so yeah quite a while so yeah right from the days of film and what what started you off oh man that was a that was um it's a kind of funny question because um i never really well i never really had an interest in photography really um but i went to art college and i did the whole art thing and i wanted to be a painter and do all that sort of weird and wonderful stuff and was wonderfully pretentious and all that and then um <laughs> soon realized that i probably was never going to be good enough but kind of fell into photography kind of pretty much by accident if i'm being honest yeah yeah that was it really there, there wasn't any sort of lifelong passion or anything <laughs> with your work there's a really strong graphic design element to a lot of your images is graphic design something that you're interested in and is it something you think that is kind of part and parcel with photography well, I think it's not so, not so much graphic, though. I can see where you're coming from that, but I think a lot of it does come from the fine art background, you know, mm-hmm. especially sort of things like color theory and whatnot. So um, it's, only, it's, it's funny you should say that because it's one of the things I, it never really sort of occurred to me too much because you kind of just do what you do. Um, but but over the last wee while, um, specifically, a lot of people have been asking me similar questions. And, and when I sort of thought about it, Myself, I kind of realized a lot of it does come from that art school training, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm kind of really ha- sort of when I sort of stopped to think about it, it sort of started to make a lot of sense myself. You know, you there's so much stuff that you kind of learn that you sometimes don't even really realize at the time. And as you know, it's, it gradually starts to filter through uh, in your day to day work. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I, 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 I'm kind of sort of, uh, I'm glad I had that sort of art school background. It's sort of a lot of it now you do with like, because even, for example, somebody was asking me a little while ago just about a little bit about color theory and, you know, a lot of stuff with gels and how do you know what to do with what. And when I try to explain to him, I find it very difficult because a lot of it comes so naturally. You know, you do it with the right thinking, and then it's only when I started to analyze my own work, I started to realize, yeah, actually, you could see patterns evolving that sort of come almost through osmosis rather than a, a clear thought plan. Does, does that make sense? Absolutely. I think um, one of the things about about your color work, I mean, you, you've kind of brought me on to my next question perfectly. Uh, your color work in uh, both camera and and post is is pretty much easily my favorite of any photographer that I follow um your work with gels and also j- just your your cut your sort of um to, to sort of steal a cinematic phrase your color grading as well um but something that sets you apart is that you're um, equally adept at sort of muted colors and monochrome so you can do the wild saturated stuff but you can also do the very subdued stuff how much planning goes into the color design of your images 
Yeah, that, that that's an that's another good question that sort of came up recently too. That it's something I hadn't really thought about very often, and I think it, it literally all comes back to the color theory. Um, uh, and it, it to one sense, it doesn't really matter whether it's super bright saturated colors or more sort of subtle colors. It, the theory is exactly the same. Um, so there, so I guess your to answer your question really is um, how do you sort of how do you plan that or how much planning goes into that? Well. Leaning on the last we answer a wee bit, a lot of it does come almost through second nature without really thinking about it. You, you've done that and you, you've learned color today so much that a lot of it just becomes second nature and you kind of know what works and what doesn't work. But in regards to actual, say, for example, um, we're talking about proper photo shoots. Mm-hmm. Um, well, say, for example, we're shooting for a particular brief or a particular client or a particular thing. You know, there's a fair bit of planning goes into pretty much everything you do so straight from the get-go before you even get into the studio and start taking pictures you know you you've done mood boards and you've done you've worked out what you need and what it's going to look like and how you're going to light it and if you're using gels you know what particular mix of colors you're going to use so so pretty much that takes a lot of the guesswork out of it which i quite like so you know shoot some shoots can be a couple of days planning some shoots can take weeks of planning uh, um, um, and, and sometimes it's necessary because, say, for example, if somebody books you for a day and they they need this amount of stuff done, you know, you, you can't really wing it. You kind of have to have a, a plan in place. So that's important. Um, but then on, the, on getting back to the, the, the very first thing I'm saying, what's really useful is that when things don't quite work or maybe don't work the way you expected it, that that knowledge bank that you've gained over the years sort of kicks in, and then you you know you know you can resort to what will definitely work or what do you, do you know what I mean? So yeah, experience really you can plan as much as you want, which I do, and and I think anybody anybody generally, but especially in my own, you have to plan quite quite thoroughly. Um, but I guess nothing really kind of compensates for that experience or knowledge bank. Really, at the end of the day. <laughs> that's that you have to fall back on that, you know. Yeah, you you mentioned working to a brief there, and obviously you're someone that's incredibly creative and artistic. Does the sort of the constraints of a brief sort of hinder your creativity, or, or does it make you work harder and you enjoy it more? Oh, that's not a question. Um, okay, so here's the thing, right? So again, I was having this argument, not an argument, but a discussion with somebody about this other day when they were saying, they said something along the lines of, uh, about, they were talking about work in particular, but my work as well. They said, oh, I love your sort of, I think they use the word fine artwork. I said, my work's not fine art. I just, you know, I used to pay a tradesman who comes in and does a job to a brief. And he's going, no, that's talking nonsense. Like, no, no, I'm actually being serious. I'm not being <laughs> flippant because you actually do. Because in my line of work, I, I very much do work to a brief. Um, now, what the client does, he pays for my extra bit of creativity or input. And depending on the client, you can really take that to the next level. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of times you really do have to stick within fairly tight guidelines. And especially if it's for a commercial process where it's going maybe into a, a magazine or a brochure or a, some sort of, even the glow, a lot of web stuff, you know, there's a particular format that you have to to work towards. Um, and I kind of, I, I actually, believe it or not, I kind of like that to some extent. Now, this is where, <laughs> this is where it comes down to working with other people. Um, now, I like working with other people. Um, 
but a lot of times, again, in the commercial world, you a lot of shoots, though not all, you'll have, I, I suppose, what's called an art director. Now, the thing is, you'll get good art directors and bad art directors. A good art director is brilliant because it takes so much weight off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if they're very clear in what they want, it actually makes your job super easy because you can take that set of instructions or that brief, put your little twist on it, produce really great work. The problems really arise when you get a woolly brief or something that's not clear. Uh, and the, the, the client kind of knows what they want, but they don't know what they want. And then before you know it, it just runs amok. And that just, that just turns disastrous. Um, you know, if you're doing sort of more editorial work, I guess, then you probably much do get a free reign where you can pretty much do what you want. Um, but then that ties back into the team you tend to be working with. Um, so I, I, maybe one of the things you're maybe getting out there a little bit is working in a team uh, as a team of, um, you know, makeup artists and hurt people and stylists and what have you. Because anything that I do, Oh, in case anybody's knowing, you know, it's pretty much fashion beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, so you tend you tend to work in teams. So that that's fantastic. So what you do is you 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 basically bounce ideas off each other, and it comes down to that pre-planning thing, um, which is fantastic. I kind of love that whole dynamic because um, one thing um, I suppose with a lot of photographers, it's it sort of you, you can kind of get very sort of. Um, you know, tunnel focused. If you're on your own, just doing your own thing, you, you, you need to you need to have people around you. I think, um, and especially in my field, where you know I'm of a certain age now, but typically a lot of the people I work with are in their they're just out of university or in their early twenties, and it's great having that you know that younger vision. Does that make sense? It kind of keeps you fresh. Yeah, absolutely. Well, something you just brought up about kind of an unclear brief or like a, a little bit of a loose brief. Um, in that situation, is it more a case of dealing with a client where they know what they don't want, but they don't really know what they do want? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, what, I'm kind of lucky in a way because of, okay, so here's one thing. Um, my location, so for, for anybody who doesn't know or, or don't know or does know, um, I'm based in Belfast mm-hmm. in Northern Ireland. So it's a small, it's a small place. So there's in one sense, um, in one sense, you're a big fish in a small pond. So a lot of the work that I do kind of comes my way, having to look for it or have to. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's not as if you're in London and you're 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 competing against multitudes of different people. Um. So in one sense, if people approach me to do a job, they kind of know you know they sort of know what they're going to get. So that. So that sort of takes a lot of the sort of uh, gray areas out of things. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, the, the worst thing for me in some respects is when people say a new client that I don't know and they kind of say, oh, I kind of love your, I kind of love your work. We'd love you to shoot this. And I go, oh, yeah, that's fantastic. What, what sort of thing do you have mine? They go, oh, we just love your work. So just whatever you think. And you're going, oh, this that starts ringing alarm bells right there. So, <laughs> well, um, well, you know, you can give me any ideas. Like, oh, we, we kind of love your work. Just whatever you think. And you sort of, you maybe send them a couple of ideas. They go, oh, that's maybe a wee bit too far. Can we just maybe get it back a wee bit? And you're going, oh, okay. This is going to be difficult now. Because they kind of do know it. They, they, they see your pitch. They see some pictures that are kind of a bit crazy. And think, oh my God, that's fantastic. But what they really want is something incredibly simple. But they, they're not really, they don't really know that. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, absolutely. They actually want something fairly. They probably want something very basic against white background. Ultimately, so you really sometimes really have to push hard to get that little bit of information out of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so, so, yeah. So sometimes there's a lot of turning and throwing, a lot of asking questions just just to get there. Because and again, all that comes from pre-planning because there is nothing worse than showing up on a day. Um, you're in completely different pages. And it's happened to me, it's even happened to me fairly recently, even though I try not to, it's, a, it, it's just inevitable because as much as I try to prepare and do things, every now and again, there's one slips through the net yeah. and you get, at the end of the day, it just becomes awkward and troublesome. And you know, what it becomes then is, because when you're on a shoot, actually, you know, a lot of the times if you pre-plan, the photography takes care of itself. You just sit back and relax. You do your job, perfect. Most of your day is actually, you know, your people managing, really, are managing expectations and, and managing yep. everybody else. Um, so if it's all good and everybody's happy, then the day goes a breeze. If all of a sudden that's not so clear, then the day becomes troublesome. <laughs> Something I'm extremely jealous of with your work is the energy that you convey, despite obviously it being a still frame. Is that is that sort of your personality coming through, or is that a technical? Is that more of technical skill combination? Well, uh, yes, that's actually that's actually a very good question. Thank you. Well, yes, yes is the answer because so first and foremost, um, I probably well here's the thing. Okay, so I shoot a fair bit of stuff that's never really seen because it's, it earns good money, but it's not the most exciting. So things like e-commerce type pictures, you know, like the type of thing that goes, you know, on ASOS type websites and type stuff. Yeah. Yep. Lots of garments against a kind of plain background. And you're, you're maybe having to go through 200 outfits in a day. So you're really just rattling the stuff off really, really quickly. But, you know, e-commerce pays particularly well. The thing about that is a lot of that stuff is quite standstill, turn one way, turn another. You know, it's it's... Camera's just stuck on a tripod, you know, you're just, you're really just churning that stuff out. So it's fairly mundane um, and, and uninspiring, but it's, it's great. It's actually, those, those are the gigs that probably pay more money than anything else. But anyway, I digress. The problem, so what I try to do in my kind of work, when I do have a wee bit of a more of a, a loose rein, if you will, um, I go to great effort to kind of make everything look more dynamic so as much as possible when i work with models so you know, I, I always take them like to side to well first and foremost i like working with models i know because they know how i work yeah but even if, if it's somebody relative me i always i always have a good chat because my thing is always dynamic i i i i, I don't like people staying still right because i want to create that that mood of motion or dynamism or do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I go to great lengths to kind of make sure there's, there's energy and movement. Um, now that's not always to do just directly with the model. You know, it, 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 a lot of my work as well is, you know, you're slowing down the shutter speed, you're creating drag, you're creating mood, movement. So to me, that's, you know, that's really important that, again, it depends what you're doing. Obviously, I'm probably talking slightly more about my personal taste rather than what I do on a day-to-day basis. But um, whenever possible, yeah, I, I really try to create that dynamism and mood. So it, it, to a certain extent, it comes from direction and it does come from energy and mood. Um, and yeah, getting back to that thing about working in a team and and getting on with people, it, it, it is really important that 
when you're doing a shoot that you are, I think to a certain extent, the photographer is in control or has to direct that scenario a wee bit. So you do have to create, you know, it has to be happy and fun. And, you know, you know, you do have to create that momentum. Yes. Rather than just churning up, turning up and do the job. Is, is music a big part of that on set? Are you, like, obviously, you've got to have a positive outlook and a positive energy, but do you have music on set? Is it about keeping sort of the, the general, the general um, mood up? Yeah, there's always music. There's always chit-chat. There's always me talking bollocks. <laughs> I, yeah, I always like to keep it as light as possible. Loads of music, loads of... I mean, I always... I, I always um, um, again, if you're dealing with clients, for example, if it's a particular client, you know, you do you have to give them, you know, their you have to give them their place and their respect and whatnot, and really, really make them comfortable. But, but once you get a, get on set, uh, you know, that's that, that's sort of my area. So hopefully, that all all the bits and pieces are cleared up by the end. And then once we're on set, really, that's that's me and the model. Do, do, do you know what I mean? That that's that's yeah. our space and our time. That's where we need to create energy and mood and, and fun and atmosphere. I mean, one of the things, well, just getting back into sort of different types of photography, that's when we're talking about anything that's maybe to do with sort of clothing or or, 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 or editorial work or that type of thing. Um, I suppose that the, the one, one, one problems, one of the problems a wee bit with certain types of photography is that it has to be so precise. Like, so for example, I do a lot of hair work. Like hair is a different yeah. ballgame altogether because... That's like you click a picture, then and then the husband screen has to analyze to make sure that you know that I find that difficult. And beauty works a wee bit like that too, where you're you're you kind of lose automatically, you kind of lose that energy because you're literally taking a frame, analyzing taking a frame. So I find that particularly hard. So you sometimes have to work even harder, you know, to keep keep the model relaxed, keep the mood going, you know. But yeah, it, 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 it's horses for courses, you know. You kind of again doing stuff like hair for example there's no point in me just rattling off a load of stuff uh, and then it's not right you, know, you have to be with the clamp once again but yeah it, you, there, there's always ways around things you know oh absolutely so with your fashion work you often use uh, wide angle lenses to in my opinion create like a sense of height and dominance of the subject yeah uh, is that sort of is that sense of like confidence and power an important factor in like your your look the look of your images? Yeah, actually, do you know what? I, I kind of um, it's a funny one that because if you go back a wee while, um, I, I tended to like shooting sort of wider. Well, I like to shoot with lots of different angles, but I, like, I do like shooting wide. And then for a little while, I kind of shot a lot. Of I shot a lot of stuff on on, on just prime lenses, eighty five mil and stuff, and I, to be honest, I kind of got bored with it. Right. So more recently, the last few years, I've kind of been shooting pretty much everything on a twenty four seventy. If I'm being honest, um, because I like that thing where I, you know I can come in tight if I need to, but a lot of times I can shoot a twenty four or thirty five. Um, I even shoot. I even sometimes even shoot wider than that. If, but yes. I kind of like, there's two things I like. I like the fact that um, you can sometimes get that slightly odd distortion, which is, I suppose if you're doing maybe beauty pitch, it is kind of incorrect. But a, a lot of times it, it kind of goes more with that flow and dynamism thing where you're, you're kind of creating something that's slightly unusual or slightly, you know, if a viewer looks at it, mm -hmm. there's something slightly odd, but still kind of cool. Do, do you know what I mean? 
Absolutely, yeah. You're 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 creating something that the eye doesn't see. Yeah, yeah. So so I kind of like I kind of like that idea generally. Um, but when it maybe comes to maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but maybe coming really the point that you're coming from um, about sort of making things look sort of slightly. Uh, where a lot of times I photograph. Well, a lot of mostly I shoot um, women and girls and whatnot. And I've got this thing where I I do like making. I hate things that sort of. You know, I, I, I like I like um girls and women to look sort of strong, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Even even yep. if it's in a kind of very odd or sort of crazy sort of scenario, I still like them to look as if they're I hate the thing where people look vulnerable or or over sexualized or over provocative. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So 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 I like sometimes that thing where you should not when it kind of makes them look sort of more powerful or more of that sort of thing. I guess a lot of stuff comes from um, my first inspiration when it came to photography was a lot of photographers from the 70s. So if you look at a lot of the fashion photographers from the 70s, so it's a very sort of strange era. And as much as you had like uber sort of glam sort of models, but sometimes they're putting these sort of odd scenarios or odd situations. And there's something about that that I really, really, I kind of love. It sort of stuck with me when, you know, when I seen them. Um, and then when you look at sort of more recent photographers, somebody like Miles Aldridge, do you know this fellow? Oh, yeah. He doesn't really do so much of the wide stuff, but it's that scenario where he puts these sort of very glamorous looking women, but in sort of unsettling or unusual scenarios. And I, I, I kind of like that. He juxtaposes that. them quite well. Yeah. So I kind of like that idea of you've got this beauty and glamour but there's something slightly jarring or odd about it so I, I've always liked that that's that sort of feel about my pictures when you know when I when I could put that input into it I kind of like that rather than shooting something very sort of straight on or I don't like shooting things that look say over provocative or you know that type of thing you know so yeah yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah it's, a, it's a funny one you know it's a, but it's again, it's, you're making me say <laughs> there's not any sense again. It sort of does come slightly. It's not always um, 100% uh, completely deliberate or there's a deliberate... It, it does sort of come from kind of within. Does that make sense? One thing I've noticed with your the way your Instagram is set out is that you are... Because obviously a lot of people do images in threes or they'll do the thing where they'll split an image up so that it's over like six images, which I always think looks really stupid. But one of the things that you do is you have almost... So every other image is part of a set. So you've got these sort of intertwined intertwined sets and then it creates like diamonds across your... If you look at your feed in a kind of wider sense. Um, is that like... Do you have like a, a bit of an obsessive attention to detail? <laughs> Sometimes, yes. Um, yes, I do. I do. Um, yeah, well, well spotted. There, there, there's things I can be. There's things I can be incredibly lazy about. There's things I can be incredibly OCD about. So, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, there's a few people who remarked upon that. Um, again, it's something I didn't automatically think about. It's just something that's kind of happened, and then you kind of stick with it because it kind of looks okay. <laughs> Does that make sense? I really like it. I think it's a really cool way to do it. I've not seen anyone else doing it like that, so I really like it. Yeah. No, I just, I tell you what it happens. So typically, um, because I'm kind of very sort of, I'm sort of choosy about images I show because, simply because I do a lot of stuff that's not most interesting. 
I think when I first contacted you, I said, I don't know why you want to talk to me because I'm really boring. Because a lot of time, you you know, you do fairly boring work, really. Um, like right. today, I'm sitting here shooting. I, I shoot a lot of sort of, because I work in beauty and fashion, um, I shoot products. So I'm sitting here shooting eyelashes at the minute. So it's really <laughs> not the most <laughs> exciting but you know what? All joking aside, I'm actually sort of it's great the with all this craziness that's going on at the minute. Um, that I'm sort of kept busy shooting this type of thing, which is stuff I don't particularly enjoy that much. But it's great right. that you're kept, you know, you're kept a little bit busy. Um but yeah, at the moment, anything that kind of keeps your um keeps your mind off of sort of the general world scenario is always a good thing because I think for, especially for creatives at the moment, this is a really difficult time because um we you know you tend to be really frustrated and climb the walls the second you can't just do what you normally do and go out and create something. Yeah, I must admit it it is, it is frustrating because um oh yes, getting back to the Instagram thing about the, the stuff with the thing the the, the the stuff I, I tend to just show the stuff that I I, I kind of like you know I don't I'm not one of those people who believe in sort of just throwing up everything up there that's why sometimes people are surprised when I say I shoot quite a lot of you know product because mm-hmm. nobody ever sees it you know um, yeah. Uh, but get back get back Instagram because I only show what I want I can I can. I do have that extra luxury of being able to curate it a little bit more um, stringently rather than just throwing up random kind of stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I've seen, um, I saw a demo of yours at the 2018 photography show. I think it was for Pixapro. Yeah. And I was, one of the things I was kind of blown away by was a lot of demos that you do see at photography shows are safe to say the least. Like it's just, it's a very simple setup. It's very safe. It's a lot of people being absolutely staggered that an octobox can produce light. Um, whereas yours was actually like you produced images that I I would see in your portfolio. Is it is it difficult to put something together like that for 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 demoing in front of that large of a crowd? And is it hard to demo it in front of that large of a crowd? Yeah, it, it actually can be quite. It, it can be a wee bit stressful, but um, when. I actually, I w- I done demos um, quite a lot for various bits and pieces over the years, but I kind of, a few years ago, I just got fed up with it all. And I, I just, I, I stopped enjoying it, to be honest. So I sort of said, I'm not really doing that anymore. Um, and then the folks from Godox or Pixie Pro, great people, by the way, they, they sort of contacted me and we would love you to do this. And I go, nah, that's not really my thing. And I go, no, no, come on, it'll be great. And yada, 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 and all this sort of type of thing. So I go, oh, God's sake, come don't really want to do this um so anyway they're going no it's dead easy you just come in and you set up a light and you just do this I'm like oh fuck that you can't be bothered with that and i go like <laughs> i'll only do it if i can it. i'll only do it if i can do what i want and they were going well you might need this demo this or demo that and i goes well uh, well maybe but you know I, I could, again i'll only do what i do what i want but they're very very nice they was like you know what you just do what you want. I was right. Okay, I'll just do it. <laughs> That's basically how how that came about. So that that was great. That those folks weren't really sort of put any restraints on any apart from the time factor. Yeah. But getting back to how difficult the actual demo is, it is kind of difficult because as you, it's interesting you say about CF because first things first, there's no point. I know there's people there from all skill sets, but there's no point showing somebody how to use a softbox because you know you can see that anywhere and it's. It, it, you know, it's fairly route one, and you're you're right. I mean, you, you go through like the photography shoot, and there's a dozen people doing exactly the same thing. So, to my mind, there's no point doing that. So you might as well show them something a little, even if it's only slightly different. So that's the first thing. Um, 
but the the problem with that is obviously it is it's 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 more difficult and it's more prone for things to go not entirely 100% right either which is always yeah, yeah, yeah. put your stress levels up a little bit but um and uh, I, I can get anxious very quick so I don't know I don't always deal with those sort of situations particularly well but I kind of just walk through and just you know I, I kind of go with the flow and when I do those sort of type of things I kind of just treat it like I normally would when I'm working you know when I didn't shoot I just talk nonsense and just blah blah and I, I never get technical <laughs> overly technical because What's the point? It's you know, life's too short to get technical. Just um, you know, but it's one of those things that um, I, I I have a funny th- when it, when it comes to like explaining things. Um, I very much again getting back to the art thing. I always try to explain your lighting stuff and your doing stuff. You, you kind of got to feel it. A lot of people, people sometimes yeah. they, they sort of look at you like you're mad and you're going to, but what if stopped you putting that or what party? But I just, that, that doesn't matter. Just chill. Just how do, you, how do you want it to look? How do, how do you feel? Do you want it to look blue? Do you want it to look, you know, and there's so many people that can't really, they, they can't get into that sort of mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which is a shame in one sense because I think I look at some people's work um, and you see that that looks great technically it's superb but it's kind of got no soul or something yeah. you know yeah, and i 100%. think they get so fixated with getting things so precise and listen get, don't get me wrong i, I can be fussy about getting extremely precise too but not at the detriment of losing losing feeling mood or soul you know and i think photography and that is a perfect balance between creative some sort of artistic creation um a technical ability if you get me and if if one overtakes the other it kind of stops working you know i always think of photographers that are like that as as histogram photographers and people that will show you the histogram to tell you why their bad picture is good yeah i know if that makes sense it's 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 a, it's a funny thing it's but again i'm i'm talking you know like like this and then i'm trying to shoot these products and everything has to be so precise <laughs> so i'm kind of i'm kind of contradicting myself a wee bit but then you know every there's horses for courses you know i think when you're dealing with people i think you have to have that fluidity and you know that that that, that sense of momentum otherwise it just starts looking sterile and you know you lose you just lose something you know but yeah. um Get, getting back to, I think, one of the first questions, how did you get into photography? Well, it's kind of, it, it's a kind of wee bit of a sort of misnomer, what I would tell you, because my first foray into photography was, I, I was work I, I got a job in a, in a, well, my very first job was working in a, in a lab back in the day, professional mm-hmm. lab, which, you know, processing things, which is fantastic, by the way, but my sort of next sort of thing was working as a, an assistant in a, a commercial photography studio that predominantly done product photography and it was fantastic for me because you know you had to learn everything had to be so precise and you had to learn everything like like it was just drilled into you it turned out that i hated that because i hated that fact of you know it had to be there was no flexibility it had to be done this way way. but there was a reason you're shooting five four cameras and you're maybe only shooting three photographs a day on your set you know what i mean it was it was so yeah, everything was so expensive. Um, and and I, I ended up leaving that because I hated it so much. But looking back again, it, it's, it, it taught me so much. It taught me that technical knowledge that, you know, it's like that old adage, you, you, you can't, you know, it's like you can't break the rules until you, you know them. You know? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. 
so they're they're going kind of you know a little bit flippant and say like oh don't worry too much about that I, all that technical stuff has been driven into me that i suppose i do have the luxury now of bending all those rules if that makes sense um if we could change gears a little bit i wanted to ask uh, in your opinion what makes a great model oh yeah somebody can put up on my ship pretty much or listen to my bad jokes <laughs> Probably is the right answer. Um, no, all you're going to say. Number one, listen. Number one, you'll, it, 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 this is a funny area because you will get models here. They're, you know, they're they're brilliant at what they do. They will turn up. They'll be super professional. Um, you need to give them very direction. They just get a job done, no problem. Um, but it gets into that role sometimes of being slightly sterile. Like that works yep. very well. If I see those e-commerce things, for example, you can't. You don't have that luxury of directing people they, they need to be there you've got 200 outfits to get through there's a few models here um in my part of the world you're just brilliant to do that just makes my life easy um and they're, they're great models full stop but i think the best models are probably the ones that you have a little bit of rapport or or, or, or some sort of a little bit of a connection or vibe with do you, do you know what i mean yeah so it doesn't necessarily mean that they're amazing looking or even amazing thing but if you have got that you, you can actually you, you can actually create or bring things out you can bring out the best and they can bring out the best in you so it's almost like a, a I guess a sort of muse type scenario is and that's why there, there's some people I, I really really like to work with uh, and you know if a job comes up I'd probably always recommend them they might suit what the client's looking for or they might not in which case that's that's their call but um there, there's definitely people i like i and you probably notice that when you see my thing there's people who if you look at my instagram there's people who who repeat quite a lot because they're the people i kind of like working with does yeah. that make sense yeah, yeah, yeah so it really i think it really does down come down to sort of personality now, there's always going to be people here it's generally better than others regardless um but I, I think a lot of it comes down to just being comfortable in your own skin you know, if you're if you're comfortable, you're happy in yourself. You're you're not you're not trying to to be. That comes across on camera, you know, and it, it helps with if you're getting along with somebody and you can you, you know it all kind of works together. Um, it, 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 I, I actually kind of like working with newish models too, um, simply because they've maybe not picked up any sort of bad ideas or bad habits or do you know what I mean or, or being sort of too perfect or too professional. Um, and you can kind of you can kind of get it there. We sort of vibe with them. You know, sometimes it, just, it doesn't work. They're they're very stiff or very wooden. But again, that usually comes from they're not being a hundred percent comfortable in themselves. But but I, I, I think a lot of it when you say what makes a good model, I I would, I would flip that question around and say, you know, a model's only as good as a photographer. And you know, whether you're working with a model. It's kind of neither here nor there to one extent because if you're whether you work in fashion photography or portraits or whatever you're working with people and the best whether it's a portrait or a, a fashion thing or whatever the best pictures are the ones where the photographer gets something from that person or you know, bring something out of them or see something that somebody else doesn't do or or can interact with them does that make sense oh yeah 100 percent and I think, I think, because I've seen people and, you know, they'll work with the same model as me. And they'll, they'll send me after and they go, that model was terrible. Going, what do you mean that model was terrible? And then I maybe spoke to my lover and they're going like, they just, 
the cameras and tripod and they didn't even speak to me and they didn't give me, a, you know, so what, you, what, you know, you, ha- it, you only get out as much as you put in as well yes. as a photographer, you know? Yeah. So that, that's, that's the way I look at it too. And again, it, it, there's there's a there's a kind of there's a there's a kind of double edged sword in this one too because location plays a big part in it too because where I am there's a very small pool and so sometimes you do have to go out looking for or finding people or working with people or inexperienced people um, but again that just pushes you that next that bit more do, do you know what I mean? Yes. So um, I kind of like that. And um, I, you know, I, over the years, I've done stuff in Manchester, I've done stuff in London, and we've hired an agency model as well. And they're the most beautiful, amazing guards who work in big campaigns. And they're just fantastic. But again, there's always that slight distance or, or, or kind of coolness. Um, because, because they're just being, they're, they're, they're being paid to do a job and they're turning up and they're, they're professional. Do you know what I mean? So it's, mm-hmm. it, there's, there's a slightly different thing between a very professional world who's great and maybe sort of maybe getting into that muse territory where you're, you're kind of totally on the same wavelength with somebody. Oh yeah. I couldn't agree more. So I think if you, if you, if you can get in, if you can get into that area, I think you've kind of got it sussed. But that takes time. Personality. <laughs> just whatever it doesn't just happen overnight i'm going to ask you a terribly broad question now so i do apologize but we've kind of been in this ballpark the whole time where you've spoken about art so should photography carry some kind of message or can it simply be just an enjoyable aesthetic art form no i think the most important well here here well there's lots of different types of photography so i would never be I would never say to anybody that it has to be like this or it has to be like this or it should be like that or it should be like that because different types of photography has their own merits. Of, uh, and ultimately, the author or the photographer or the artist for that matter, it, you know, they're the author. It's up to them to portray what they want to portray. As far as I'm concerned, and we're, we're probably delving into the, well, we're definitely delving into the area of fashion and beauty. Um, as I have to admit it myself, it's an awful superficial world. Mm-hmm. You are your 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 kind of job is to create a, a, an altered reality. You know, you're not you're not shooting realness, if that makes sense. So, in one respect, uh, yeah, you you can be creative, super lighting and stuff. And, but but uh, you know, if you're getting into uh, you know, I, what was your sort of phrase? Are you, you is it a sort of artisticy type merit or something? Uh, I think nowadays we try and, f- uh, not we as I'm just talking generally, there's a, there's a big push to kind of have some kind of social or political message or reasoning behind oh, everything right. that you do. You're either pushing some form of, of uh, general consensus or another, or that th- there is a point to the uh, image that you're taking beyond it just being a really well executed, right, technically no, and emotionally sort of put together photograph. As far as I'm concerned, and this is just talking for me, this is not generally because I know there's people who do work like that or, that is fantastic. But for me, it is purely the aesthetics. And again, I, you know, the last thing I ever want to do with my work or my MG is to make a, a, a kind of statement or or go down that route because um, I, it's, it's just number one. It's not that I don't think it's valid. It's just, it's just not for me. Um, Getting the only thing I suppose I would get get back to what you said earlier, subliminally or or purposely or whatever way it happens to be, 
Um, I always try to make girls or women not like over sexualized or that sort of thing. So I suppose that would be a, a statement of sorts. But apart from that, it really is just making things that look beautiful, making things that look yeah, yeah, th- that's that's my goal. You yeah, know, make things not not to have a some sort of story or agenda. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, I, I kind of it doesn't doesn't work for me. Well, I think I think this day and age, it, it's so so abundant that people either create things purely with the intention of pushing one agenda or another, or they tack on an agenda onto something they've created just for the sake of. Um, seeming yeah. sort of socially aware or political or whatnot. Um, it just frustrates me. I just like good art. And, I, you know, if you actually look back in history, probably the the, the era, I mean, this is obviously a, a huge thing and I'm not in any way qualified to make this statement, but I think the real strongest days of art in history have always been when sort of logic wasn't the first priority of the art form, when it was more a case of of sort of spirituality or soul, or it was, you know, religion or whatever. It was more about feeling than it was about lo- sort of logistics of it. Absolutely. I mean, one of my favorite, if you're getting into this sort of art world, my, my favorite periods is either German expression or the Lefauves movement. Mm-hmm. And there was a political background to that because it came out of like, you, you know, fascist Germany and, and whatnot. And, and they were sort of rebelling against it a little bit. But it was just all about movement and color and. And, uh, you know, there was, there was no, when you looked at the actual pictures, you, you know, you couldn't tie that down to sort of any political ideology unless you kind of researched a little bit. The, the actual imagery in front of you was just, just crazy bow colors, movement. You, do, do you know what I mean? And, that, and that's what yeah. drew people in. So again, any sort of messages was very, very, very diluted or something. There was nothing in your face that were trying to make a point that, directly does that make sense so yeah and again i suppose if if, 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 if you if you really ask me again that's kind of where i would be going from because uh yeah i, I don't i don't uh, yeah it's not somewhere that I, it's, it's an area that i don't always feel very comfortable in that type of i mean i've been asked i mean in certain things and campaigns do you think that i, I kind of i i don't i don't i don't get involved because yeah it's not for me <laughs> Something I'm trying to do with the podcast at the moment is to just introduce as many people as possible to new work, to new artists, to new photographers or whatever, um, to kind of keep people inspired at a time when it's obviously quite difficult and most people are just sinking into terrible Netflix series. So uh, who are your favorite photographers? I should have, I should have actually read some stuff down because I, I, I hate this question simply because, number one, I, th- there is so many. There's so many that mm-hmm. it, it's even hard to keep. It's hard. It's like it's so nice to do. What's your favorite album? Like, oh, Jesus, that changes every day. You know, it's it's an impossible question to ask. Um, but I suppose if you're gonna tie me down, if you're not tie me down, I mean, it it all depends. I mean, obviously, where I'm from, I, I it is pretty much typically a fashion word, you know. So, um, uh, you know, you're talking about you know. Stephen Mazzell, Stephen Klein, those guys. We talked about Miles Aldridge. Um, if you're going back in the 70s, there's a guy called Chris Vaughan Wagenheim. I think I pronounced that right. Um, the, the, the kind of usual suspects, I guess. The Tim Walker exhibition in the in the, the, the in London recently was just unbelievable. Um, but wow, it was just just too, too, too many. Demand. And you know, you know what? Um, 
I, I kind of, Paula Reversi is another one. Fantastic. I, I kind of, you know what, I, I kind of see pictures all the time. I, I get multiple, multiple magazines and I'm blown away every time because you, you'll see, you'll see stuff coming through and you're going, oh my God, that looks amazing. You look up and there's a photographer you've never heard of in your life. And you're going, my God, where the heck is this guy? What you in one sense, that's amazing. In one sense, it's frustrating because you're like, bloody hell, there's like just so many people doing this unbelievable work. Um, but yeah, I, typically what I would do instead of maybe, apart from maybe those few people I've mentioned, and there's there's many more like them, uh, I spend a fortune on photographic books by the way, on magazines. The best thing is just get some regular, if you're into sort of fashion and beauty anyway, get some get some regular magazines or news magazines and just see who's taking the pictures because unbelievable stuff out there. That's perfect. Um, I want to make sure that everyone knows where they can find you on social media and online and whatnot, where they can see your work. So could you just give me your links? Okay. It's just the Instagram is just Glenn Norwood. Was spelled with two, Glenn spelled with two N's. And then Norwood, so there's sort of three N's floating about there somewhere. That's kind of it. <laughs> I'm on Facebook too, but do you know, I can't, here's the thing. I kind of very much keep it myself. I, I'm, I'm the, like the world's worst self-promoter. I kind of don't really do much or get out there much. I kind of like to keep things really quiet. And yeah, people can find me. They can find me. If they don't, they don't. You know what I mean? I've made sure that plenty of people have found you in the past. And I think this is going to bring a lot more people towards you. Like I say, I've been following your work for years. I'm an enormous fan. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Oh, thank you. I hope it wasn't too boring. It was maybe slightly boring, but not too much, I hope.